0: Welcome to another episode of the Prairie Perspective podcast presented by Player Golf. Matt here alongside me is Eric Carter and Tanush, and on today's episode we talk with Damon Severson, a defenseman for the New Jersey Devils and a native of Melville, Saskatchewan. We talk to Damon about his tenure in Jersey and playing alongside the likes of Taylor Hall and P.K. Subban, taking shots on Dave Portnoy in the Barstool Goalie Challenge, and his experience last summer representing Canada at the World Championship. We also catch up with a native of Warman in Lane Hruska, who is now the highest selected Saskatchewan-born and trained player in the national lacrosse league history going in the first round 13th overall to the georgia swarm we talked to the former swat tenny about what's to come and his future in the national lacrosse league as well as what it was like playing alongside the likes of brett newton and mitchy link later but first let's catch him with the boys db what's going on
1: just chilling man not a whole lot got a group projects getting underway so kind of busy with uh trying to gather the troops to uh meet virtually and Crush out some work once in a while. Lucky to have some good uh, group members that I kind of knew from previous classes. Not bad. Besides that, worked my last two shifts at the Willows last week. Actually, I think on Saturday. And uh, yeah, besides that, just chilling, watching some sports here and there. And uh, sleeping in almost, uh, not every day, (laughs) but at least two days a week
0: db mentioned uh, watching sports there's a big night monday night football chiefs ravens and your baltimore ravens fell up short losing by 14 to patrick mahomes and the chiefs they came out firing and patty kind of made a statement that maybe he's the best quarterback in football not lamar like some may have believed last season i know you were uh night class in it but what did you make of uh the game what you did get to see
1: it's a terrible game for the ravens man their uh third down defense was terrible they've had uh Multiple chances where they could have stopped him on third and four, third and five, third and six. And then Patty Mahomes, you know, slices and dices, finds a guy deep downfield or 20-yard gain or 15-yard gain. Pretty much happened the whole night. Then uh, Baltimore kind of started making a push towards the end there, you know, brought it back to what, 20, 20 to 30, I think. I don't it was. know if I can call that a push. Or 20, 20 to 27. There was not much
0: of a push there.
1: And then after that, man, it was just terrible. I think uh, Marquise Brown, he only had two receptions, 13 yards. Pretty bad. You got uh, Mark Andrews dropping passes that he usually doesn't drop. Willie Snead. Guy's doing dumb shit. that you know, it's not uh, Baltimore-like. Lamar Jackson just getting swarmed and getting hit pretty much every play. Yeah, it's uh, a tough one to see, man, but. I guess uh, we'll bounce back next week and see what we're made of. But uh, yeah, Patty Mahomes split it up for sure, man. That guy had like when I checked last, he was like at 400 passing yards. I don't know what he finished with, but
0: yeah, 385 and, uh, and four TDs for Patty. Chetty, yeah. Cowboys were in action. They lost a heartbreaker to Seattle. I know that one was a close one. But what other uh, takeaways did you have from a busy Sunday, at the NFL?
2: Yeah, Cowboys had a tough loss. Questions, Russell Wilson's, in my opinion, one of the best quarterbacks in the league, if not the best. I know everyone hypes up Patty Mahomes, but I think Russell Wilson proves every Sunday why uh, he leads that team. He's a captain and he's the best player on the football field, that's for sure. But uh, I like Trayvon Diggs. He made some sweet plays when he punched the ball out of DK Metcalf's hand on the one-yard line there. That was a pretty high play. Um, Obviously... Didn't like Dax interception at the end of the game there. He could have sprinted up the field and ducked out of bounds with about four seconds left, but that's okay. We're still tied for first in the division because uh we have the worst division in football for the, I don't know, third consecutive season, if not more. Um Sunday nighter was pretty good too. Aaron Rodgers kind of aired it out again. Hey, he's proven that that Jordan Love's not taking his spot yet
0: alvin kamara put on a show too he was the real headliner drew Brees maybe father time's hitting he kind of got a bit of that noodle arm kind of doing the peyton manning there but i don't know what do you think does he got much left in him eric do you got any thoughts on last night's sunday netter
3: um i got a couple takes coming in hot here um the ravens i thought they were legit and then they ran into mr patty mahomes and a star-studded offense That uh, proved to be way too much to handle for uh, stellar, what DB and I thought stellar Baltimore Ravens defense. So, um, yeah, the uh, Ravens aren't as legit, aren't as big of threats to Patty Mahomes show as we thought initially. Secondly, uh, Cowboys, obviously they had no chance. They're going against, so far, my MVP this season, Russell Wilson. Uh, no questions asked that one uh turned out just how i expected
0: what about bills mafia what about josh allen leading buffalo to a last second win over the rams a Bit of a controversial call that gifted them the win uh, if i was a rams guy i'd be a little salted but is josh here uh second second horse in that race right now
3: um he's up there for sure i'd have a few guys honestly off the top of my head i don't think anyone is really touching wrestle right now what he's been able to do but uh being a big bills fan i think josh allen is uh Future MVP, I'm not going to put him there this year. But uh, he's an absolute stud. Bills Mafia, 3-0. and That was an absolutely a pass interference call against the Rams on the final drive there. No questions asked. Don't so give they, me that let noise. Let me take it to the Chicago Bears. Chicago Bears, they kind of woke up a bit here. They uh, decided to bench Mitch Trubisky. They found happens. themselves a the quarterback. Nikki Foles throws three touchdowns. Won it for the boys. Brought another one back to Chicago, 3-0. and My two teams are 3-0. and how do you do? How about that hit on Joe Burrow? Absolutely walloped. <laughs> like, I didn't think he was getting up from that. Sure shit, the guy gets up, shows what he's worth for that Baltimore franchise. Sorry, Baltimore. Wow. Bengals franchise. That guy is going to be a player down the road coming come up here when they find some talent.
0: Chetty, I got to say, I am not scared of Philadelphia in the least. I think Wentz is a non-factor. That team just isn't great. They just lost Dallas Goddard. Ertz is kind of their really only scary pass catching option that they have left I don't know man Cowboys kind of this division is theirs to lose and it really isn't a contest
2: yeah you know we have uh we have a quarterback in Dak Prescott that continues to wear his hat forwards and Carson Wentz decided to throw it on backwards (laughs) shout out Coward Coward. him and the boys were just drinking beers that was (laughs) one of the funniest videos I've seen in a while and I don't like Colin Coward whatsoever because he just makes fun of the Cowboys but Good for him because he said it in uh, 2011 about Matthew Stafford and he's never won anything. And now I guess he doesn't think Wentz is any good anymore. Speaking of do you guys happen to see uh, Max
3: Killerman, my boy, but uh, did he ever drop the ball on this one? He goes, God, I think the Eagles should just trade, trade him already. Uh, I don't know how you trade that guy. He's uh, maybe one of the worst contracts in the league currently based on how he's performing. So, uh, sorry, Max, I don't think that one's going to work out, buddy.
0: I think if uh, the Eagles did choose to move on from Carson Wentz, there'd be a lot of teams that would be interested in that. Quarterbacks aren't easy to find. He might be struggling a bit, but I don't know if he has a whole lot of help there in Philly. Do
3: you think there's a team right now that's willing to take on that contract based on how he's playing?
0: I don't know what you're getting with this contract. I don't think I've ever heard anybody say that Wentz's contract is bad. Top-tier quarterbacks in the NFL – they demand a, a big uh, ticket.
3: I wouldn't say he's a top tier quarterback. He's
0: not. You're right. But I think he he's shown that he has the potential to be. Staying healthy is a concern. He definitely doesn't look great right yeah. now. But I'm not. I don't know. I think there's definitely some teams out there that would be willing to take him in. Jacksonville being one.
3: Yeah, fair, fair. I just I think the Jets would here, would I think love gonna... to get
0: rid of Sam Darnold. I think the I think if the Giants were intrigued, they would definitely flip Carson Wentz. Uh, for Danny Dimes, Indy, Indy might be intrigued. Philip Rivers, that mm-hmm. might not be lasting too long. I think there's a lot of teams out there. Interesting.
3: He's got to show his worth, though. That's all I'm trying to get out here. He's got to show his worth for a potential uh, landing spot if indeed the Eagles want to move on from that guy.
0: Okay, boys. I think we got to get it to our week three picks. Have to say it was a it was a big, big week three for me. Three wins and a and a tie there on that Buffalo Bills. Three point spread with the Bills winning by three. That one's a wash. So I go three oh and one. Chetty, one, two, and one. Eric, you went two, one, and one. And dinesh one, two, and one. Oh, one, English. two, and one. Heading into week four, I'm at the top of the leaderboard. The and uh, what do we got for next week's picks? We'll start here with Steelers, Titans, Titans getting a point. Eric, have you figured out the spread system yet? Do we need to explain this one to you again?
3: I'm uh, going to back my opinion. The spread system is bullshit. I'd rather just pick a team to win rather than have to worry about a spread because uh, my Bills did win. I did pick them, but I managed to come up with a tie for some sick joke. Uh, even got a p- couple people reach out to me and say, why are you working the spreads? Uh, they also b- back me on this saying it's ridiculous. Um, yep, uh, I'll rest my case. From here on out on the pod, as well as last week, I will just be picking the winning team. I'll be ignoring the spread, and if the spread happens to win, awesome. If I lose, awesome. That's all she wrote.
0: Okay, so as I said, Steelers, Titans, Titans getting a point. Eric, what do you got?
3: I'm taking the Steelers. Big Ben's coming off a
2: big week, big week three performance, and uh, looking to keep rolling. I'm taking the Steelers. Roll with the Titans coming off. Derek Henry's just such a machine, man. I don't think he can be stopped. so I got to give it to the Titans there.
1: Got a roll with the Titans too, man. Steelers are uh division uh, rival for the Ravens. So every loss they get, it's the better for me.
0: I'm with you, boys. I'm taking the Titans back at Nissan Stadium there in downtown Nashville. I think uh, them getting a point, it's worth it for me. Home field advantage. Hate to go against my boy Chase Claypool, but I'll take Tennessee all day. Dinesh, this one over to you first. We got the Baltimore Ravens taking on the Washington football team. Washington oh, how's was this Washington football evening? team. Washington football team oh, 13 and a half point underdogs. Can they cover? Can they keep it tight? Dinesh, under the ball, Ravens, I run away. Here,
3: why are we including this, this matchup? This is one of the worst matchups of the entire hey, week.
1: It's a podcast clash. Get this shit out of here. Dinesh, what do you got? It's going to be an absolute blowout, dude. Ravens are pissed. Guys are dropping balls today, They're playing horrible defense, getting hit on the, getting the quarterback was getting hit. Unacceptable. It's going to blowout. Baltimore, absolute domination.
2: Baltimore for me too I can't see Dwayne Hoskins doing anything spectacular for me honestly
3: I'm not going to answer this question um I think <laughs> the fans know what's going to happen and I can't believe this question's thrown in where the fuck's in charge of our uh what we're talking about this week definitely drop the ball and I would uh encourage there to be change to this question
0: I have to show faith in my boys Dwayne Haskins coming off a terrible start turning the ball over four times I think he's going to bounce back Washington can keep it tight maybe they hang on you know maybe make it a 10 point ball game I think they got a chip on their shoulder they don't get a chance to play Baltimore much I think they'll uh, make a showing they'll okay, play I well just,
3: I just looked at the Sunday matchups there's five good matchups hey, I mean, hey,
0: time mode Eric I literally said you could join. Five good matchups. I literally asked for you to put a game in and you didn't say anything so no you're complaints you're picking the
3: worst matchups Potentially of the week. She did pick the worst matchup of the week.
0: Okay, KC playing host of the Pats. Pats coming off a big win there over Vegas. Chiefs, likewise, with their win over the Ravens. Chiefs seven-point favorites at home. Eric, do you think Cam and the rest of the boys can wheel in uh Arrowhead and take down the defending Super Bowl champions?
3: Uh absolutely no chance. Uh, the boys at Arrowhead showed Sure, what they're made of this week against Baltimore, which we thought was probably top five, top three team in the league. Um, and uh, made an absolute fool of them. So no, Patriots have no chance.
0: So just to clarify, you don't think that the Patriots can keep it within seven?
3: Uh, the Patriots are going to lose this ball game.
2: <laughs> God. <laughs> you are such a pivot. I'm going to take the Pats. I think it's going to be closer than people think. I think you two head, two stud Hall of Fame head coaches going at it like that. I think uh, Bill Belichick's going to have some plays up his sleeve and I think Cam Newton's going to give him a good showing.
1: I got to roll with the Pats too, man. And Cam Newton's got a chip on his shoulder. Everyone's talking about, yeah, he's not getting paid much. Quarterback, many other quarterbacks making more money, this and that. Nobody's putting respect on his name. He's going to come out firing and uh, they're going to give him... Uh, a run for their money this coming week.
0: I'm going to go with KC. I think it's going to be it's gonna be tight, but I'm not going to bet against Patrick Mahomes. I don't know. Cam might be a little rattled heading to Foxborough there. Knows what's coming his way. i seen what uh, they can do tonight to Baltimore, and uh, I'm not going to go against them. Okay, last game of the week that will tee up. Cleveland coming off that big win over Washington. They're heading to Dallas AT&T Stadium to take on the Cowboys. Cowboys looking to bounce back. Cowboys five-point favorites. Chetty, you confident?
2: We did boys, man. Is that even a question? Of course, it's going to be the Cowboys. They're going to stomp Baker. It's going to be probably a 20-point game at least.
1: I think I'm going to have to go with the Browns, man. Baker's, I think, starting to find a groove here. Starting to uh, sling it to his receivers. Again, to run. I think I'm going to have to go uh, Browns, man. Cowboys let me down last week. so.
3: Cowboys. I'm taking <laughs> Cowboys to win this game. I'm not a big Browns fan. They got too many hotheads, too many personalities for me to like. And uh, you know what they say, Baker has more commercials than he does uh, touchdown passes last year. And uh, Cowboys are winning this one.
0: I'm going to take the points. I think Cleveland can maybe hang around. They got that two-headed rushing attack. Nick Chubb, Kareem Hunt's going to be tough for the Cowboys to handle. Cowboys are banged up in the secondary. Maybe, maybe Baker can finally break out here. Spot Odell streaking down the field. I think they'll keep it close.
2: Cowboys are good against the run, man. Obviously, you haven't been paying too much close attention, but...
0: You can be good against the run, and you can still struggle against those two guys. Two of the... Probably the top 10 running backs in the league. Same team. They just wear you oh, down wow. over the course of a game. Okay, switching gears a bit over from uh, the NFL over to the NHL. Maybe perhaps got overshadowed a bit by the Monday Nighter, but the Stanley Cup was awarded tonight in Edmonton. Closing the 2019-20 campaign, Tampa takes down Dallas 2 to nothing. To seal the series, four games of two, and for the second straight year, a Shen brother has the honor of hoisting the cup. Eric, what were your thoughts on the series, which maybe wasn't an optimal matchup, and uh, the postseason as a whole?
3: Uh, postseason, I actually thought it was a really good job by the NHL. The 2014 format I really liked, and I think it could be something that gets adopted into the league going forward here. I think it uh, adds a little more excitement to an outdated process potentially. So i think in the near future it could be something that's implemented 24 teams across the league but uh, other than that i think the nhl handled um the postseason very well um during due to the covid situation obviously uh unfortunately we didn't see a canadian team win this year and i know i'm not a big tampa fan but uh, kudos to those guys they battled hard lots of guys stepped up and uh, Really, there was no weak part of their game. This postseason, I know Stamko's didn't even play, so you're missing arguably one of your best forwards, maybe your best forward who's uh, proven himself year in and year out, uh, and they still found a way to get it done. Uh, that Brandon, Braden Point is a bona fide superstar in this league, officially. He's a weapon. Victor Hedman, probably, I hate to say it, but potentially the best defenseman in the league. I know I'm a big Doughty fan, so... Yeah, they're just uh, an absolute wagon for the years to
1: come.
0: I have to disagree with you in the fact that I don't think this 2014 playoff should be adopted in the future. I think it was a great idea for this year, given that the regular season can be finished, but I don't think you can reward losing like that. I think it's got to be a challenge to make the playoffs and uh, 16 teams is the way to go, I think, but as you said, terrific job by the NHL to execute it. There was a lot of people that doubted it and props to them. Chetty, what did you make of it?
2: I thought it was awesome. I, uh, yeah, I'm I'm agreeing with you in how I don't feel that 24 teams deserve to make the playoffs, just like how the MLB is expanding this year. I don't think that's something to uh, use potentially in the future, but under the circumstances where some of those teams played two or three less games than other teams, it had to be done. Yeah, Tampa Bay was definitely the best team in the playoffs, but kudos to the Dallas Stars. They put on an absolute show against Vegas to get themselves into the Stanley Cup and Kudobin stood on his head. He played very good for them. And Tyler Sagan did absolutely nothing, but uh, Jamie Ben looked pretty good. So maybe the stars will hang around for the next couple of years and make some playoff runs.
3: The only other hockey thing I got, uh, did you see the parade will be, I just got a notification saying the parade will be held on a boat. That's so, a good idea. You've interested.
0: seen those like and, uh, uh, Kalorn yeah. dock Talks. They could just take a couple boats around, maybe a little jet ski for Kalorn. He can do a little Instagram live. Chicklets can get some content out of it it's a good idea right can kind of socially distance get a lot of rich people on some
3: boats yeah no i like the idea of it smart because obviously a parade probably well who knows in the states a parade probably would fly but uh not a great look for the nhl get a little uh, helicopter TV over the bay yeah. and get some tv coverage out of it i think it's a hell of an idea it's pretty cool i uh the only thing i wonder about with tampa winning i wonder if uh the players give a shit about covid right now or they're going out in the scene they're probably on pj to vegas right now i wonder if they're just living it up or not i can't wait to see the stories from tomorrow but i wouldn't wouldn't mind knowing how they celebrate tonight
0: what do you think would this be like a bit of a disappointing cup to win like in the fact that you don't really get to experience everything like you're not going to have the washington cup you know drinking in the fountains kind of thing but at the same time we knew how much of a grind it was to be in the bubble so if you come out as a champion that kind of makes it all worth it right
3: Oh, you wait! I think there's gonna be some wild stories coming out from tomorrow. I don't think uh, just because it's COVID, I don't think it's stopping these guys from winning the cup and celebrating properly.
2: I think it'll be, I don't know, a bit of a nut show tonight, perhaps, because everyone's done, like you're done the bubble technically, right? I mean, the hockey's over for this season, so I think they're going to keep it um to the point where they're the only guys maybe going to a certain club or maybe a gentleman's club i don't know what they john cooper wants the fellas to do but he was pretty pumped he brought his whole coaching staff up for the post-game press conference didn't want to do it by himself pretty legendary move and yeah i think they're gonna celebrate and they deserve it they've been stuck in a hotel for what how long was how long has it been two two months probably maybe i think
0: three right three i think it would have started in did it start in May or How was they it started June? June? started June. June actually. Yeah, it's been a while, and they had the quarantine, oh, everything, God. right?
2: Yeah, maybe so it would be more. Go two and a half months, whatever. Yeah. you see him this, you see the same guys every day. You're bonding with your team every day. I mean, it's kind of cool. It's like going back to maybe even a junior hockey level where you're with your teammates all the time. So good for them. Played well.
0: Yeah, you mentioned there, John Cooper. Props to him, Notre Dame alum. Got to give a shout out to my old neighbor Anton Hudolbin. Hell of a fight. Came up just short, but that guy's going to get paid in free agency. Love to see it. Hopefully, he can get a chance to uh, start here. Maybe move on from that backup role and get himself into a bit of a
3: platoon role. A platoon. Is that a word?
2: Yeah. Interesting. Nice, nice Darcy, piece the words, Matt. I appreciate that on a nice Monday Darcy, night. Him and Darcy Camper need massive paydays.
0: Kemper's not up. I know he's not. But Yeah, I'd love to see a little Darcy trade to Toronto. Take over for Freddie. Ooh, that's a hot take. I yeah, like- I think Freddie's gonna get dealt here pretty soon. Sounds like Leaps Leafs are trying to clear some cap, make a move at Petro, trying to bring in a D man. The uh everybody knows they need it, so it's something to watch for. I'd love to see Kemper. I think that's an upgrade on Freddie. Kemper's been one of the best goalies in the world here the past couple of years. So we'll
3: keeping see. with the trade rumors, did you guys hear the uh little bit of some noise coming out of uh, Buffalo? about Jack Eichel potentially wanting out, maybe looking to get traded?
0: I did. It's very exciting. A lot of people think that Eichel's really like a top five player in this league and he maybe doesn't get the attention that he deserves in Buffalo or the help that he should have as one of the top players in the league. But I don't know, like what would be a landing spot? I think I, I read that the Rangers were kind of a spot. You could pair them Lafreniere, Capocaco, yeah. and yeah, Like, man, they would be loaded.
3: For me, I'd like to see the Montreal Canadiens kind of go in and inquire about him. I think he'd be a hell of a fit. I know Montreal's looking for some top line forwards potentially to uh, fill some goal scoring in their offense, lack of uh, offensive power. I know they got the goaltender back at Carey Price. D-men, d loaded, so I think Eichel would be an
2: absolute weapon in Montreal. You want to hear a massive hot take where Eichel should go? Let's hear it. Colorado. Yeah, that would be know dirty. Hey. That's very very unlikely. You know how good would that team be with Landis Cogranton and
0: They got they got uh, McKinnon coming up here. He needs an absolute payday. I don't know. Like he's it. on the steal of the league right now, but
2: he'll get an Austin Matthews payday easily.
0: Maybe more. I'd say he's a better player than Matthews. Right,
2: better player than Matthews.
0: Sticking with hockey guys, it's time now to kick it over to an interview with Damon Severson. This guy was an absolute beauty for taking this time for us, one of our best interviews yet, and it wouldn't be possible without our friends at Player Golf, Guys, we've mentioned it before and we will mention it again. If you haven't already entered for Player's Ultimate Saskatchewan Golf Getaway, the time is now. This is our last reminder to you with the contest closing on October 5th. Take five minutes out of your day. Check out PlayerGolf.com and enter. You'll thank me later as you and three friends could receive two nights stay at Waska Sioux Inn Suites. Three rounds of golf with a cart at Wasco Golf Course, and $250 player gift cards for all four of you. And while you're there, do some shopping and use the Prey20 promo code for 20% off your order. Get locked and loaded just in case your name is drawn. Support the boys. Support local. That's Prey20 for 20% off your order today. Now over to Damon. <laughs> Welcome to the Prairie Perspective podcast, a native of Melville, Saskatchewan defenseman who just finished his sixth season with the New Jersey Devils with 31 points in 69 games, Damon Severson. Damon, thanks for taking the time. What's this uh, summer been like for you here, man?
4: Well, it's kind of weird. Just uh, been taking it easy here, training, skating a bit, just doing what we can, um, kind of waiting until we're told when we get to go back. Obviously, the Stanley Cup's just starting. It'll be done by the end of September here, but... Then everything will kind of get going and the real stuff will get going again. Free agency, the draft, all that sort of thing. So um, just been laying low here in Kelowna, just skating, working out as much as possible and just trying to stay in shape and then trying to enjoy the summer as well. But kind of coming to an end, the weather's starting to cool off here. So uh, yeah, just trying to take it easy.
3: How's the smoke in Kelowna? I heard uh, the fires. I had a professor who was in Kelowna. He was saying he's been outside for like five minutes the last two weeks. So how's the smoke doing today?
4: Yeah, it's it's trying to get better. It's all the smokes coming up from uh, you know Oregon and Washington yeah. State and stuff. Apparently, so it's just it's tough. It doesn't really leave the valley. We don't get we haven't got a ton of wind the past week and uh, no rain or anything like that to clear it up. So it's just kind of stayed and been a little bit foggy. But overall, um, I mean, the smell's kind of gone. Where as you went, went outside the first few days, it was pretty pretty brutal, like tough to breathe and pretty yeah. smelly. But uh it's getting a little better. But yeah, for for the last week here it's been it's been tough, tough sledding for people, especially with kids. They don't want to go outside much too. So
0: Brad, you're a pretty big surfing guy. You've got some pretty good hours on that boat this summer, I'm guessing.
4: Yeah, yeah. We uh we go out on the water as much as we can. It's been uh it's been a little bit since you have been out, probably a couple of weeks, but uh, we spent a lot of time last summer on the water. It was a beautiful, we just had an unreal summer last summer. Uh, no smoke and anything like that, but uh, yeah, we spent a fair amount this summer. Not quite as much as last summer But yeah, we like to get out there and surf and then we enjoy that for sure
2: What are the you sk- uh, are you close to the Shens? I know they live out there, don't they?
4: Yeah, yeah I'm just up the hill from them. They're both waterfront. I'm on the hill with the views. So uh, Brayden's been trying to sell his praise place for the last Couple of years. They're about eight houses apart. It's kind of funny. Um, can't seem to separate them at all. They just always stuck together. But uh, he didn't really come back to clone at all. i know, he's got his house for sale and he was renting it out. And uh, he bought a new place in St. Louis when he signed his new contract. So he kind of just, uh, I think he bought a place. It was almost finished when he bought it. It was a newer build. And he was finishing it up. Wanted to put his kind of touch on it, um, him and his fiance. And then Luke, obviously, he's been in the bubble pretty much the whole summer. So I saw him when everything uh before everything started and then uh, yeah he's been his wife's just been holding on the fort there with their two sons so yeah I, I, I usually train and skate with them but uh yeah since they haven't been back I haven't seen him much
2: I was gonna say yeah Luke's playing for a cup ring now he's in the final at Tampa Bay that's kind of nuts
4: yeah, well, his brother got one last summer, so he yep. figured I'd get a camera on one of yeah. like
0: that. Have you heard if uh, Braden's going to be able to go down there in the bubble? Like They were talking about friends and family be, being able to get in the bubble for the cup. Have you heard anything about that, whether he's going down?
4: Yeah, all the Canadian families that have been in Canada uh, are good to go. Apparently, they, they don't have to worry about it. They're able to go over to Edmonton and, as long as they've been in Canada. But, um, some of the American families, like one of my uh, ex-teammates, Blake Coleman, he was uh, he was traded to Tampa this year as well, and his family's down in Texas, uh, so they, they were told they had to go to Tampa with all the other families and quarantine for like, I don't know if it was a week or two weeks or whatever it was, so they did that, and then they said that they were supposed to be allowed to get, get up to Canada and get in the bubble and everything, but now apparently they're they've went back on that and they're uh, they oh. still haven't heard they're waiting to hear official words so that would that would kind of be a bit of a slap in the face to some of these American European players that would want their families here with them but what do you do and the, th- the thing about that that sucks is that they were told that they were going to be allowed to have that so when you when you tell someone something and then all of a sudden you pull it out from under them right at the last minute it's kind of that'll piss a lot of players off I guess put it that way. Yeah,
0: big sure. time. Yeah. I do want to touch on last season a bit here. You guys brought in Suban, Gusev, Hughes, and expectations were pretty high, but things went sideways in a hurry. Obviously, Halsey was dealt, Shiro was fired, and then ultimately the pandemic abruptly ends your season. So, like pretty safe to say that's the most tumultuous seasons of your hockey career.
4: Yeah, it was it was different. I mean, there was you could you could kind of sense there was change coming when we didn't really have the uh the start that we were looking for um i mean you look at it right from the start of the year our very first game our home opener was against winnipeg we had a four nothing league going into the third period and we lost the game five four in a shootout so that was kind of the uh i guess the sum up our season in a nutshell sure that seemed like just the way it went we, anything that could go wrong at certain times did and we did make the moves we had some high profile names come in but ultimately uh things didn't work out which which kind of sucks obviously people lost their jobs and, and now there's uh uh, a lot of change, a lot of turnover. But um, um, to be honest, I, I think it's uh, everyone says, oh, we were supposed to be good last year and the year before. And all oh, these devils are going to be good. People are kind of waiting for us to have that year where it's like, oh, they, the prediction is correct. So I think honestly, this is going to be the one year where I can say personally as a player, not just an outsider, uh, media member, stuff like that, that we will actually, we should, in my opinion, take, take a step forward um, with the new coaches we've hired. And um, new management we have and, and some of the players that I think they're looking to bring in and and uh, I mean obviously we're a long ways away and we don't have anywhere near the roster um, we don't even know what a roster is going to look like but from what I can tell um, and the way they're talking is that everyone's kind of on the same page and uh, that's that's kind of I guess this will be the year that really kind of the devils need to take a step forward and me as a player but everybody as well we got some young guys that took a step this year and got that one more year of experience. So. I think this is going to be the year that's going to be kind of the telling sign of how our future is going to go for
0: sure. You mentioned some young guns and probably none are as prominent as Jack Hughes. He obviously went first overall last year. What was that kid kind of like to be around?
4: Yeah. I mean, you said it, he's, he's a kid, he's 18 years old. He's a, he's a guy who obviously had a couple more years left, of junior eligibility. He went first overall, step right in the league skill is uh, definitely off the charts. He's got high end skill, great skater, smooth, very, uh, um, just smart player with the puck and always trying to make plays with it. Uh, Obviously definitely offensive minded, a lot of room to grow in his game, but uh, uh, it seems like he's going to take some steps too. And he didn't have the year that I I think he was expecting himself to uh, in his rookie season. But at the same time, uh, when when you're on a team that's kind of in limbo a bit and there's a lot of stuff going on, a a lot of things happening that was out of his control. It was, it was tough, but, um, for him, again, like he, his skill level is off the charts. And if he's able to just kind of, you know, grow up a little bit on and off the ice, and then uh, he's going to he's gonna get bigger, he's going to get stronger, he's going to work on some things. And, and he should ultimately come in in the next few seasons here and, and round his game out and, and be really good. Because he, he's, he was a good player this year, but we wanted him to be excellent. And I think that's the biggest thing for a guy like him. And I know I like to pass the puck to a guy like him because he makes things happen. And that's always exciting for, for a guy like me.
3: I know Kelowna attracts a lot of big name hockey players like yourself and uh, Jordan Tutu, Curtis Lazar, Brennan Gallagher, Kerry Price, and not to mention the Shens who you are talking about earlier. Um, what's it like kind of training with those guys over the summer? And I know you're an offensive demon. What's it like kind of sniping on Kerry Price? Yeah. yeah, it's that's funny you
4: say that. Uh, it's it's tough to score on him. He's a, obviously one of the best goalies in the world, but he's on the ice list in the summer. And, and it's you know if, he, if he's on his game, it's really hard to put a puck past him. And I was, uh, we actually played them this year in Montreal and I I had a two on one and I got the game winner. I scored on him and uh, he wasn't very happy if you see the video (laughs) after he smashes a stick over the crossbar and stuff like that. So I think it was more or less because uh, we know each other and it was one of those things where he thought he knew where I was going to shoot and he thought he should have saved it. So, um, and then also it was a tight game. They needed to win that one for back then it was, you know, they're in a playoff race and and all that and I was able to score on them there late but anyways yeah it's it's funny because you have all these guys out here and when I was a young guy you know six seven years ago finishing my junior career with the Rockets um, and then ultimately starting to live out here coming out here for for summers on a regular basis it was you know it was a little bit more uh, eyes wide open kind of taking it all in but moving forward uh as I've become more of a veteran been in the league for over 6 years now it's it's kind of like all right it's just second nature these guys are my buddies they're not just peers they're they're friends and and obviously when you play against them it's you know we're not we're not friends on the ice until after the game so um but yeah it's great i mean you have such a good group out here to to learn from when especially when i was younger and uh you guys just touched on a few names but there's numerous more guys that have been out here and there's a lot of Stanley cups to go around there's a lot of you know, there's a few Norris trophies. There's a few uh, Olympic gold medals, all this sort of sort of things. So um, whether it's a forward defenseman or goalie, there's some incredible talent. It's, um, you know, obviously that's one of the reasons why I make Kelowna home so I can train out here with those guys, but obviously the weather and, uh, you know, along with a, a bunch of other things. But, uh, yeah, like you guys said, guys like Kerry Price and Shen Brothers and Shea Weber's out here, there's a bunch of big-name players and some guys that it's been great to learn from and hopefully yeah, moving forward.
0: Do the same thing. You mentioned Carey Price, but I'm uh, curious how he stacks up against Dave Portnoy between the pipes. How <laughs>
4: the parcel guy? Yeah.
0: Well, if you
4: asked uh, if you asked uh, Dave Portnoy, I'm sure he'd he'd say something along the lines yeah. of, "Well, I don't even know who Carey Price is. Yeah, well, he's <laughs> a nobody. He's a nobody." But yeah, exactly. Just the way he talks and being able to meet him. But uh, no, I mean, I, I we did that goalie challenge. Uh, myself and Kincaid went over there. When he was still at the devils and they had the Barstool headquarters in new york city and obviously being in new jersey you're right there so it's easy to get there we had some fun with him it was uh, shooting on him he was and that, and back then too like that that's been probably three four years five years ago almost it seems like it's been forever and, and barstool has only grown since then so by back then he wasn't as big of a name as he is now but um it was it was cool to go in and see the headquarters and kind of see what those guys do and crazy to think how that guy started out it's probably been 20 years i think now and now the the empire he's kind of built up there it's pretty impressive so it's just one of those uh one of those guys that um some people look up to some people think he's crazy but he makes a lot of money and he knows what he's doing in that barstool world when halsey was still on the team uh he he put a comment on one of his posts something like that and said uh said when are we getting a rematch or something along those lines and i i commented that i said i'm in like one of those sort of because I think Hall did it as well separately from us, but yeah, we were all going to try to get back in there and do a rematch and see if we could score a few more, but um, no, it never worked out, and then there's been a few trades, obviously, both those guys are gone now. I'm the last man standing, so those were the guys with the connections, <laughs> I just kind of was a uh, second hand, and then you make those connections after, so it's just funny how it all works out. Small world when you really think about it. Uh,
2: I just wanted to touch on you being from Melville, Saskatchewan, I was a baseball guy, and one of my favorite tournaments was coming down to Melville and playing in the Melville Millionaires tourney. I was just curious if you are a baseball guy at all while growing up in that town.
4: Yeah, big, uh, that was my second sport. If it wasn't playing hockey, it was baseball. So I was always a guy who played in the tournament as well. Um, obviously, you like get people from all over the province coming in, using the campgrounds and, and whatever and playing baseball. It was uh, always a fun weekend to go play in that tournament. Obviously, he was fortunate enough for us. So we, My family, I grew up there. Um, lived there pretty much my whole life almost. So yeah, we played in the tournament a lot. I was uh, I was a pretty good baseball player. I'm not going to lie, just to, not to toot my own horn, but if I wasn't <laughs> playing hockey, it was uh, it was baseball and we played in a bunch of tournaments and and uh, I really enjoyed playing baseball. And I'm sure you're familiar with the, right when you come into the regional park, they're the old batting cages. So yeah. that would have been my, uh, my summer job when I was 15 and 16 years old uh, in the summers I worked at those batting cages. So um, and when I wasn't busy here, you know, you live in a small town. It's mostly just all local kids kids coming in to hit some balls with their parents and whatnot. Uh, I would just sit in the cages and hit balls. So my swing just got pretty close to as perfect as it could because I just sat in there and hit as many balls as I could have when I was bored. So uh, that's, I guess, maybe how I got so good at, at playing baseball. But, uh, yeah, I was a big baseball guy. I really enjoy it. Still enjoy it. Try to go to lots of uh, Yankees games when the Jays are in town and stuff like that. So, yeah, definitely it's, it's, uh, it's a
0: fun sport. I see you played one career game in the SJ for the Millionaires. I'm kind of curious if that was always kind of a goal for you growing up in Melville. And do you really remember about anything in that game? I see the uh, put an apple up.
4: Yeah, that was, uh, that was in the old Melville stadium too, actually. I don't know if you guys have played in that rink. That was, a yep. that was an old barn. They, it's, it's torn down now, but uh, yeah, they got a new facility, but back then. So, you know, obviously you grew up watching the Millionaires as a young kid, you go to the games whenever you can sort of thing. And not until I was obviously older, I, you know, I always wanted to play for the millionaires, but and then once you get older and bantam, you get drafted to the dub and stuff like that, then I was, of course, had my sights on Kelowna, but uh, we, we had been family friends with the head coach the, of the millionaires, and uh, he, he had a pretty solid idea that I was going to go play out in Kelowna the, the, the following season after my one-year midget, so he figured he'd, uh, he wanted to bring a hometown kid in just to kind of show, uh, uh, I guess, the fans and the local people that I was, uh, you know, I could be a player for the team, but I'm going to hopefully go to Kelowna kind of the following season and was able to get called up, get the special exception as a 15-year-old for the one game, played at at home in Melville. And, uh, yeah, of course, I remember I got the apple. I think I had, like, I almost got – I think I got a penalty or two in that game Um, just – uh, one, it was just one of those games where I was just so fortunate to play in the old Melville Stadium, like a, a building that no longer exists But it was uh, it was definitely cool definitely memorable and some of those guys that played on that team I'm still friends with today. So it was uh, it was a good experience for sure
3: Being a Melville guy and getting drafted to the Rockets. That must have been a pretty uh, spectacular place to go, eh?
4: Yeah, now now that I know what I know about Kelowna uh, when I was 15 or 14, however, I guess would I was 14 years old, when I was drafted uh, in the Bantam draft by the Rockets, I had no idea where Kelowna was. All I knew it was in British Columbia. Uh, didn't know anything about it. Um, and then all of a sudden, I'm drafted there. I'm told I got to go in August for rookie camp and all this stuff. And and so the big thing back then to attract uh, attract the players is they send you out, like they send you to Jersey that says you're drafted, and they send you like a pump up video on it. Back then, it was a DVD uh and it was all just the alumni scoring goals the big hits like it was almost like a Don cherry pump up video and there was again like those the alumni that you mentioned like shea weber and and luke Shen, like just demolishing guys in junior hockey and they're so much bigger than everybody and then you get guys like jamie ben and and blake como and all these guys scoring goals and just all these nhl players who have moved on to play in the organization and i'm a 14 turning 15 year old kid and of course I'm 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 just fired up right i'm just i can't wait to get out there um, and then, so I obviously come to Kelowna, uh, beautiful weather immediately come out in August and I am just like, Oh my God, this is awesome. Like this isn't is Saskatchewan anymore sort of thing. And, uh, did the rookie camp, went back, played my year midget in Yorkton, and then tried to come back the next year and make the team Ended up making the team four years later. And then now with the devils and this is my, uh, forever home, hopefully. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just crazy that when I'm 14 years old, it's been like 12 years ago. I didn't know a single thing about Kelowna. Now this is going to be where I live for the rest of my life, most likely. So uh, it's 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 definitely a long story, but that's kind of the gist of it. But uh, I wouldn't have it any other way. I wouldn't want to play anywhere else now that I know uh, what I do about Kelowna.
2: You're probably hoping that the Blades are going to pick you, hey?
4: Back back then, I'm not going to lie, I wouldn't have cared. I would have been happy to stay. Closest to home would have been Regina. So I would have been happy playing in Brandon, Regina. I wouldn't really cared just because I would have been close to home. But uh, I got used to Kelowna in a hurry, and I definitely warmed up to the idea when I came out here.
2: Uh, I just wanted to talk about, obviously, now that you're living in Kelowna, there's some very nice golf courses out there. So you spending a lot of time on the links this summer at all. And are you like a scratch golfer like the rest of the pro hockey players or what?
4: <laughs> no, not quite. I, if if maybe if I played more, I could try to sharpen up my game. I played yesterday um, with a couple of friends. I shot 80, so I was eight over par. So I'm definitely no scratch golfer, but um, I've definitely gotten better over the years now that I've played a bit more. Uh, when I was back in Melville for the first few summers after uh, my seasons with the Devils, I played with my dad probably at least six times a week um so i was playing quite a bit but when you're playing on a course that's located in melville it's not really the best it's there's a lot of brown spots and there's uh um you know the courses are not in not not kept in as good a condition as they are out here so you come out here and it's, everything's just so lush and you hit a shot where you want to hit it and it just sticks and stuff like that where things in saskatchewan bounce all over the green and everything not to knock that but uh yeah they, they keep them in pretty good shape out here so we try to golf as much as we can but it's just tough to balance uh, there's so many things that you can do out here whether it's getting on the water and wake surfing or golfing or you know just enjoying that in the sun by the pool it's it's uh, it's unlimited so there's only so many days in the summer but you try to get out as, as much as you can especially now with this extended summer
0: i got to ask about your opportunity to represent canada this past spring at the world championships obviously got to be an unreal experience you score a huge goal against switzerland just seconds left to keep the boys alive and move you on to the semifinals eventually in overtime maybe like what do you remember about that tournament obviously those guys you guys would go over there and just live it up a bit so you got a story or two that stands out from from Slovakia
4: yeah we uh yeah I got a few things I guess that stand out for me just uh that you you mentioned the goal that was probably the biggest goal of my career to date um you know as we're sitting on the bench uh you know minutes are going down and we're like oh we're gonna like we're we're team Canada we're gonna beat Switzerland like we we just had that confidence right so they played the game of their lives. I I play on a on uh, the Devils with Nico Heishir. He was playing great that game. He thought they were going to win the game. Talking to me, him after, like he still gives me gives me grief about scoring that goal. But they wanted to move on so bad. Um, anyway, anyway, so we're on the bench like five minutes or left four minutes. i like holy sh-, Like we're we might be going home here. Like this is crazy. And we got all our families there. Everyone's tickets are booked to go home the day after the gold medal game like again we're team can we're expected to go all the way like that's just the Canadian way right so um my uh my girlfriend at the time now fiance was there with my mom and they were in the crowd like there's there's you know all the guys have one or two family members there from wherever they came from and everyone's just like sitting in the stands like pins and needles like just like didn't know what to do because we were expected to win and move on to the sammies and go to Bratislava because this was still in Kosice uh so we're, we're playing, and I end up getting put on the ice with under a minute to go, uh, needing a goal. And, uh, yeah, we just kind of, if you watch the replay, it's kind of crazy how it worked out. Like, the guy from the Swiss team, I'm not even sure who it was, had a, a clear chance, in my opinion. All he had to do was chip the puck off the glass, get it past me, and it would have been out of the zone. It would have been game over. We would have ran out of time. Instead, I think he either our guy got a stick on him or he just kind of flubbed the sh- like the, the chip out. And it ended up like I kind of was in an awkward position on my backhand. Kept it in on my backhand, got it over to whoever I got over. March so got a great chance. He could have scored. Goalie made an awesome save. He collects the puck, passes it to Stone. We wind it up, and uh, and he passes me a one-timer. And the Swiss player made like this diving kick save block that was unbelievable. Like selling out. And just fortunately, like one in a million chance, the puck comes rolls right back on my stick on my backhand again. So I stop it. I just turn. And I I I didn't. I knew we didn't have much time, so I just fired it at the net as quick as possible. I saw the smallest little lane, tried to put it there. And uh, it ended up, like, hitting the goalie, bouncing off his pad and, like, trickling in. And, of course, like, you're, you're going crazy. Like, you know, we didn't know how much time was left. We knew the buzzer went. But – and then you see the replay. And, and you're over there. They don't show like they do it the nhl where the replays are shown on the tv and then the in the in the in live uh game on the jumbotron all this stuff so we're just sitting there blind like we don't know what's going on and then all of a sudden the ref says goal and it's 0.4 seconds and of course we were just like okay now we got to win overtime like it's great everyone's fired up but uh and we ended up winning overtime going to the semis when the semis lost in the gold medal unfortunately but uh that was a crazy crazy goal and and a heck of a experience to play over there and definitely uh, won't forget that one to be counted on in the last minute of play to get a goal for for our country that was pretty neat Um, and then I guess go on shifting gears the other good story I have uh, another teammate of mine was over there with team Canada was Mackenzie Blackwood he was a goal he was the third goalie um, so he didn't play much he only got in uh, I think a third period maybe 10-15 minutes of action during the whole tournament but He's what got the green light. Is over there. Yeah, so he had, he had the green light pretty much the whole tournament. He was uh, he was clowning around pretty good. Um, and where we stayed, there was a, like a, we were in Slovakia, so there was a gelato is big over in Europe. So there was this gelato stand like a block away. And every single night, he would go there and get like three scoops of gelato. So we were there for like three, three and a half weeks. This guy eats, I can't imagine how much gelato he had he put into his body because uh he made like best friends with all the workers the whole time you we there. like oh you're back again like sometimes he would go twice a day like i don't know how Quite he did gain a bunch of weight while he was over there but uh he's always asking like hey you want to go over get some gelato see our see that girl i like over at the gelato store and I'm like, <laughs> yeah let's do it you know so there's another good story about that is just the the i don't even know how many liters of gelato that guy put in his body but he's just a machine i guess he can handle it
2: <laughs> you've met some pretty famous people from Shania Twain and the fellows from Florida Georgia Line. What was it like meeting them? And I hear the Florida Georgia Line guys are big partiers. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, it was both two different
4: circumstances. Florida Georgia Line was playing at the Prudential Center Arena. Um, so we were able to go down and meet them before the, their, uh, their performance and gave them a couple of jerseys and took some pictures and stuff like that. It was good. Um, I've, I've heard that as well. They like to the drink. Uh, we didn't spend much time with them other than just before the show um we had a game the next night so i think a lot of us left the concert early but uh yeah it was cool meeting those guys um just a, again just performers that kind of do the same thing they travel around and they put on a show and keep on going and make music so it's just neat to kind of uh meet them uh shania twain was a completely different circumstance i was uh at jason hooked me up with uh pbr tickets at the new york city event right at the end of december started january even it might have been the new year so I went into Madison Square Garden, was going to watch the, the PBR, and, and he always takes good care of me, and they bring me on the shoots and everything, and then next thing you know, like, the lady that was running the whole PR stuff comes up to me. She's like, hey, do you mind if we have a couple of guests come up and join you? And uh, I was like, oh, yeah, like, no big deal. I don't mind. I, I actually went by myself, the teammate who I invited couldn't make it, and uh, the the two guests that she brought up was Shania Twain and her then, I think it was husband. I'm not sure if they're still together or not, but it was uh, – it was quite something just to like standing there like, Oh, you're like, you're a Canadian icon. And I'm standing there on the top of a PBR sheet, watching bull riding with a, you know, a famous country singer, It was just kind of weird to put it together. So we hung out a little bit, ended up leaving with, uh, with them, the arena. They just, you know, they got their special car service. And I hopped back on the, uh, the subway back to my place, the Jersey. But, um, yeah, it was neat to hang out with them. And some of the faces and some of the people you meet that are celebrities in their own right, uh, it's kind of just cool to see them, I guess, uh, act like a normal person instead of being, you know, seeing them always on TV or on social media. So that was, that was a neat experience for sure. Meeting, uh, some of those people.
3: Outside of, uh, Shania and FGL, I know you've probably had the opportunity to meet some pretty big icons in the world. Um, who's maybe another celebrity you've met over the years that, uh, you're pretty impressed by?
4: Uh,
3: yeah, the one actually that comes to mind, um,
4: he's a big hockey guy, big Leafs fan is, uh, Justin Bieber. He's always kind oh, right. of kicking around New Jersey. Um, he, it's, it's weird. Some of these celebrities, they have like just these, these weird quirks about them. So he has a, a pastor, I believe it is, that is from New Jersey that he's always just went to and he just feels like he's his best guy. And so he, he, he actually is a, is, a, is a decent hockey player as well. I'm sure you've seen some videos on that. But uh, yeah, he's a decent hockey player. So he comes and at our practice arena that is connected to our game arena at the Prudential Center, uh, he just was flying in one day flies in and they were able to just organize like a bunch of the our staff like that works upstairs in the finance or a ticket department and whatever that are, that are also play hockey and like kind of rec hockey. They were able to pick up a rec hockey game like in the middle of the day at like noon. And we played, so we played that night. We had a pregame skate on our game rank and then all of a sudden we get off the ice and word gets spread around the room that like, oh, Justin Bieber's on the ice of the practice rank. And so we're all, you know, we all go take a look. We got to see for ourselves sort of thing. And he's wearing his cage and he's ripping around out there. Uh, with a bunch of our yeah like Zamboni drivers and finance people and they're just <laughs> kind of playing a pickup game of hockey so then he ends up getting carted off as I was kind of leaving the arena at the same time when like he goes by and they had like you see that goalies get it like rides on the back of the cart sometimes to go to if the, the arena is far away from the dressing room so he gets carted across <laughs> he goes and dresses in his own private dressing room and he goes right in front of me as I'm walking out and just kind of looks at me and I was like I was like like I'm on my way out of the rank. it's going to take five minutes I'm like screw it so I just went up to this, his security guy and I was like hey man I'm a devil's player like just want to meet Justin like it's probably my only opportunity this will ever happen so you know you don't have to say yes I just thought I'd ask and he's like yeah hold on just let me go ask him and he walked in and he walked right back out and he said yeah so I walked into the dressing room and it was just me and him and he's taking off his gear and I'm like hey like nice to meet you and so we, we chatted for about five ten minutes and he picked up right away that I was Canadian. I guess we have this Canadian accent that once you, know, <laughs> you, when you travel around the world, I guess you, you know, you're Canadians. So uh, we, yeah, we chatted for about five, 10 minutes. And then uh, it was a game day. So I headed on home and, you know, of course you call your family and stuff, Hey, I just met Justin Bieber. Like, and they're like, Oh, did you get a picture? And I'm like, no, I didn't want to ask a picture. He was getting his taken off his hockey gear. Like he had a shirt off and stuff. I'm That's kind of creepy, you know? So but uh, that would be the other biggest name that I would say I've met uh, over the course of my career so far. And it just ended, he ended up just falling right into my lap right in front of me as I'm leaving our rink. So it, it just worked out.
0: That's pretty cool that he's just down to play hockey with some like Zamboni drivers. He's not too above <laughs> anyone, right? I kind of want to go back on the World Championships a bit. Who were maybe like one or two guys that you got to meet during that tournament that maybe you didn't know before and were like, oh, this guy's a character? Uh, a couple of
4: characters. Um uh, Mark uh, Mark Stone's a good guy. I guess not much of a character. He he actually really impressed me with his play. Um, I didn't realize how good of a player he was, and you don't really appreciate that I guess is until you see it up close. So uh, I I was really impressed how, how how good of a player he is. You know, it doesn't look like he's a standout by any means, but there's just certain things he does that are very impressive on the ice and. Um, the I guess the characters, a couple of them would be uh, marchiso from Vegas is quite the character. He's always just talking and running his mouth and saying things that are I just crack up with him. And then uh, another guy that was over there was Matthew Joseph. I got along with really good. I thought he was a pretty pretty funny guy. He was uh, always always saying something to make the boys laugh. So um, those are two guys that I would say uh, definitely kept the room light and they were good guys to have on that team.
3: I know you've got to play with, uh, in my opinion, one of the best D-men in the league, uh, being PK Suban, who's not r- not afraid to uh, share his thoughts on things and uh, be loud in the media. And he's also dating, uh, or I guess, is he engaged now to Lindsay Vaughn? I was wondering uh, if you've yeah, ever I had think,
4: the ch- yeah, I think are engaged. Yeah. yeah. Have you ever
3: had the chance of meeting Lindsay?
4: yeah she comes around every once in a while um yeah like i mean she just kind of i think she's retired now i don't really know what she does um for for work other than maybe some endorsement stuff with some of the companies that she used to have deals with but uh yeah she's always kicking around and it's weird some people again like everyone's just got their own thing they're fans of and there's some people who are just huge skiing fans and and they just love her and some people have no idea who she is because they're just not (laughs) a skiing fan so um yeah i mean uh she's always kicking around he's always uh you know with her and that's the uh the big thing is he likes he likes wearing his his rings like we're not even married yet but i gotta wear my ring and stuff so uh he's definitely a character he's always uh always got something to say that's for sure but uh yeah she's always kicking around and, um they're uh they're definitely one of the bit higher profile uh, couples that i've ever been around for sure <laughs>
3: I was just wondering if uh, you've, you you uh, have a Subban story you'd like to share with us, or maybe even a Halsey. Uh, Subban or Halsey? Um, let me think here. It's been,
4: it's it's crazy because it's been so long since the season. Like usually after the season, yeah. I come <laughs> home and like I you know I chat with my buddies and stuff, and they they ask the same things like, oh, "What happened this year? That was funny." And that like, it just comes off the cuff because it just so happened right uh, you know within the last month. But it's been so long since seeing all these guys. I'm trying to think. Uh, Halsey had a couple good stories that like it would be tough for me to share because I wouldn't be able to s- tell them as good as him but back in Edmonton in his younger rookie days they had a veteran team and he he would always say stuff like they were messing with him uh, you know cutting his socks and stuff like little rookie stuff uh, like that but uh, you no, know, uh I guess PK would have been there the whole year this year so he's uh, I mean he loves loves playing cards on the plane like he's always like you know he's the loudest guy in the whole table like you you sit at one end of the plane you can hear him screaming from one so um he's our he's our like locker room dj self-proclaimed locker room dj uh so he's always on the music and doing that sort of thing but i'm trying to think of a story i don't really have any that that are clicking right now with me with any of those guys but uh again it's tough to say um He's just the—I guess—the connection, like the easy one that comes to mind for me is some of the connections that he's made over his career, and like the style of person he is. Um, he, like anybody who comes into town, whether it's a basketball player, football, like anybody, he just seems to have that connection. He knows these guys, and he's always like, you know, being able to catch up and go to dinner with these guys. And I'm just like, I have no idea who these people are <laughs> other than I see them on TV. So, just crazy. Like, I guess this summer, um, got some guys were chirping. I'm like. He was posting these videos of working out with The Rock and, and guys are saying, oh, I, I didn't realize we were uh, bodybuilders, not hockey players, sort of thing. So He's lifting <laughs> all these weights with The Rock getting huge and we're all just like, oh, we're working on skating, not uh, trying to get our biceps pretty big, but no, we're we're always giving each other a hard time like as a team. And I guess that's the best thing about it. He's just such an easy target because he's always got something to say to everybody.
3: Who's another guy in the room. That's a bit of a character and uh, not afraid to let loose.
4: We actually had a few this year. Like we had some funny guys. Uh, that's the nice thing about our team is, you know, we might not have been the best team on the ice. Uh, we came on late, but we had a really good group of guys. I thought like real, real funny, good mix, good veterans that were, always hanging out with the young guys and, and vice versa. But uh, we got some guys with some good dry humor, like Paul Mary's got such dry humor that he just like him and miles Wood go out about it like nonstop. Like palms is always chirping what Woody he and what he's always giving it back to him. And it, it literally doesn't matter what it is. Like it could be the the socks he's wearing that day, or he might be wearing his hat. Like the, not like how palms likes it. And they can, <laughs> they just are nonstop at each other. And so those are two guys that always are into it. Um, And then some of of the guys that I'm tighter with, uh, my dinner crew, I guess, on the road, there's four of us. It's all Euros. And then me, a Canadian, it's Gusev, Zaka, Brat, and myself. And Gusev is just like one of the sneakiest, funny guys you know, because he's got no filter, but he just completely, it just talks exactly how he feels. and He doesn't care what anybody thinks or says. He's like, I'm just going to tell you how I feel. and If you don't like it, then screw you kind of thing. So He's uh he's a good guy to go to dinner with. It's never a dull moment around him.
0: I gotta ask about Goose Have you heard a KHL story out of that guy? I'm sure he's seen some things over in Russia. Yeah, he he tries to keep it
4: quiet because he was the only Russian this year. But then once you start asking about it, he's not afraid to like he's not afraid to spill the beans a bit. But yeah. he was such a dominant KHL player for so long, so he was one of those guys who could do whatever the heck he wanted over there and yeah. never ever have to worry about repercussions because it was like they played whatever 60 games or something and he would have like 80 points like he would light it up every year the guy looks like he's 14 years old he has for the last (laughs) 10 years but like if you think he like he would walk into a bar by himself you would think he like you shouldn't serve him because he's not old enough sort of thing so um but he like some of the KHL stories he has like some of those guys like they would they'd have competitions after practice like who could stand in the sauna the longest? And guys would be passing out in the sauna, like needing like to get lifted out of there. And they're like, oh, they wake back up and be like, oh, you like you pussy, like I won, like or like you just passed out and stuff like this. So some of the Russian guys, they just uh, they're a different breed, but they uh, they sure make for some good entertainment.
3: That's unreal. Um, As a D man, who's the last do you want to see coming down the rush on you?
4: I mean probably the most obvious is Bye. McDavid. david yeah um if he's full head of steam and, and if you have no like if your gap isn't screwed then you're you're screwed like he he just blows right by you it's like you watch him on tv and then you go on the ice with him and it's like it's 10 times faster than it looks on tv because it's just things happen so quick if i got him one-on-one and, and he's coming with a full head of steam unless i have like a good gap on him or a good speed going backwards and i uh, like it's so hard to contain that and then he just stops pulls up on a dime and makes a play or passes it to dry settle or passes it to Nugent hopkins or like he's just got i mean they don't have a ton of talent um depth wise in edmonton but just if they get those three guys clicking they're so hard to stop because they just hold on to the puck and it's like okay well and they can beat you with their speed then dry settle just holds on to it and just sticks his butt out and he's like oh i can beat you just down low and tire you out so they just have so many weapons as in, like, that, those two guys, they're just so good. So, I would say McDavid one-on-one. And then, uh, like, just for speed-wise. And then, like, somebody you don't want to see, like, just if you have a bad gap on him, he's not afraid to shoot from anywhere. Zovechkin. like just that shot, he's just such a hook on his curve. Like, if you ask any goalie in the league, they just don't know where he's shooting. And they say, like, they don't even know if he knows where he's shooting. He just somehow <laughs> finds a way to score. Just because he's got that such a big banana hook on his curve. But, um, yeah, it's, there's a few guys just in their own their own rate of their game. They're just so impressive to to watch. You hate it when you have to defend them, but it's fun to watch, that's for sure.
2: I was just going to ask you that same question. I was just going to say, who's the, like if you had to block an Ovechkin shot on the penalty kill or anything crazy like that?
4: Yeah, it's been, it's been close on the penalty kill. I try to stay away from, we we like the way our penalty kill works is we just stick a forward right on him and just shout him. Like we're not letting him take that one timer because it's so lethal. But uh, actually in my rookie season, uh, he came down on the rush. It was like a three-on-two, and I kind of read it, read it, but then I I I read it well, but I also read it wrong. Um, It was a three-on-two, and there was like a drop pass. It was like Backstrom came across, dropped it to Ovechkin, and I like thought Ovechkin was gonna fake the shot. He like wound up for like his hard wrister, like that snapshot that he pulls in, and I thought he was gonna give it to Backstrom. So I kind of turned my body sideways and like went to go read the play, like I was gonna pick up the pass, and he just ripped it, and my ankle was sideways, and he just found a Right on the side of my ankle, fractured my my ankle and missed uh, missed some time, a couple months in my rookie year from the Ovechkin wrist shot. Not even a slap shot; it was just the the wrister from out High and just hit me so flush on the ankle, no protection, and yeah, gave me a fracture and missed some time. But uh, yeah, I've had to block that one. Well, it didn't feel very good. Okay. All that
2: Russian gas they got cooking over <laughs> there. <laughs>
0: <laughs> <laughs> no kidding, came right off the puck. Hey, Damon, thanks for taking the time. This is unreal. Hopefully, the 2021 season will start on time here and you can get back out there
4: yeah that would be nice hopefully it works out uh jd said you guys were going to reach out so i'm glad i was able to get on here with you guys It was good.
0: db it's been a big couple days for you you're miami heat i don't really know if you're a heat fan i think you're still a closet lakers fan you just don't admit you're a hell no man but but hey hey miami they're going to the nba finals Four seed they're getting it done taking the lakers anthony davis lebron james it's going to be a tough matchup but i think miami's probably a better fight than anybody the lakers have faced along the way miami should be relatively fresh and i think uh they're going to push them to the wire what are you giving your boys here for a chance
1: series i think we'll definitely go to seven for sure uh because you got bam out bio and then you got uh myers leonard it's not very good but still good you know backup
0: <laughs> yeah way to sell that point tb
1: yeah, but Bam can really take on AD. Then you got Iguodala, Carroll, Butler. That can all be threats to guard Braun. And uh, you you're got... saying to
3: Mari Carroll, me and uh, oh, Crowder, man. me Crowder. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> hey
1: Crowder, Crowder, Jay
3: Crowder. Jay I Crowder. love Crowder. Oh, his first argument is they got a nice backup, and then he says he's not very good. <laughs> yeah, I thought you were showing that you're a true yeah, fan. A true but, fan. Uh, DB, a, I
0: think he could list off 12 faith. guys deep on the Lakers. He's battling to name a starting no, five. No, man. Here. I
1: have no idea who's on there except for starting maybe
0: four. So, but, uh, <laughs> so trust DB's analysis here this
3: series. Yeah, they have a sweet backup center, Miami. Look, he's going to get lots
0: of. <laughs> well, I don't of know, man. Defense.
1: Bets that I took against Derek. I've uh, diced him up both. So I don't know, man. I take my word over uh, his. That's for damn sure. Don't know about the rest on the podcast, but eric's word does not have a say at all that guy's useless when it comes to sports <laughs> so as i was saying you got uh guys who can guard braun you got a guy on the team who can you know put up a fight uh with davis who's guarding and with braun like, and davis you got butler
3: you got jay crowder no, But who's guarding up who's the main main guy guarding James is the main guy guarding AD. You'll put Bam on AD Davis. It's going to
1: be Bam. It's going to be Bam. But yep. they were saying Iguodala might be guarding Braun. They might put Iguodala. They might play him a lot in this series because uh, he guarded him in Golden State. Or uh, I don't know, man. I Bono don't know if Ray you will.
0: want Iguodala guarding him. I think you want to let him rest <laughs> for offense. Game on the line. Game on the line. Wants Iguodala. want <laughs> oh, Andre. Iguodala. They've what? got some threats there, man. Yeah,
3: and then, Steph uh, Curry and Clay Thompson. A dollar. <laughs>
1: legendary moment. Iconic. Uh, I'm looking forward to game one, man. I, I just it's gonna be a good series. I think uh the Heat could put up a good fight. Like to be honest with you, I thought Denver could have won uh, game, what was it, so, five. Yeah, I thought they could have won game five though. And or six where they got out rebounded big time. I don't think that's going to happen against Miami. Uh with their uh they they, they do play small ball cuz they don't have a you know a true center. Bam plays that five position. But Lakers are kind of they do play small ball as well with AD playing their five. So I don't know, man. It's going to be a good series, but uh it's got to be the other players on both teams that got to play well drawage. Harrell's got to continue playing well. Kendrick Nunn, if he gets in the rotation, he's got to play well. Guys like Iguodala, when he plays, plays well. Uh, You got freaking Myers Leonard. He's got to stretch the floor, you know, move the bigs out in L.A. because he can shoot. And basically all the role players of Miami, they're uh, very deep comparing to, I think, the Lakers, man. I don't know. Lakers got Caruso. I think uh, all fun and games are over with that guy, man. He's gonna get shut down. He's all—he's uh, kind of the clown on the team, I think, in my perspective. Not Dwight Howard. And that guy's an absolute certified clown. He is, <laughs> but he actually played pretty good last uh, this whole like season. Not gonna lie, he's been giving him a good lift off the bench, and then he, I think he started the last game yeah, against Denver. Denver. And the guy's kind of pissed, man. That kind of people are writing him off and stuff. Crusoe just got into the league and people are hyping him up just cause uh, I don't know what he, what exactly he did to be honest to this day to get that much hype. But I think he threw down one dunk from a pass from Braun and then the whole world just started following that guy. <laughs> but uh yeah, I don't know. It's going to go to seven though. I'm calling it. It's going to seven. If it doesn't man, it's going to be sad, but we've got talent to hold the two stars It's just a matter of if our other players can play well to complement our big, uh, two so-called three on our team what's your take Eric? you think you're oh. going to seven it's a sweep.
3: well for one bandwagon heat fan to another i'll take over from here db i
1: yeah, um, ain't no bandwagon mad been fan for uh quite some time now
3: oh. quite some time yeah i can count it back about 400 days or so ish give or take
1: ah but, nice uh, stream, buddy <laughs> says a guy who has two football teams you can't even have one buddy yeah you got two bills and bears baby ride or die most people
3: usually have a favorite team, but yeah. versatile. All right, I'm going to break this one down. I think the Heat are going to beat the Lakers. I don't know if it's just me because I'm biased. I absolutely cannot stand LeBron James. Not a big fan whatsoever. Anyway, I think Heat have what it takes. I think they're a way better matchup against uh, the Lakers than uh, Celtics were, so I'm glad to see them come out of the East. I think you have guys who can shut down—not shut down LeBron, but we um, give him some credit. But uh, you got guys who can limit him, like Butler, Igudala, like D.B. said, Jay Crowder, guys you can put on who are big and physical and uh, great defenders, and then guy uh, who can cover AD is Bam out of bio. So I think this is a good matchup for the Heat. And if Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson can stay hot and continue to just splash mountain threes down the throat of their def- defenders. Um, I think this is going to be a tough series for the Lakers and that's why I'm going to take Miami and six. I think they can get it done and I think they're riding high right now and look out. I think they're coming to shut down Laketown, and I'd love nothing more to see that happen. And then uh, I like the Dragic, Rajon Rondo matchup, a couple veterans going out, a couple wily veterans, I should say. Um, I think the only case where the lakers maybe might have an upper hand as if they decide to play like they did for their last game when they closed out the nuggets if they drop in another big like dwight howard that might be a little bit of a challenge for miami but uh at the end of the day i think their shooters will stay hot and i think they'll uh take it to town
2: chad you got any thoughts in the finals uh i hope miami wins i don't really uh, i'm not the biggest basketball guy ever but i'd like to see miami win just because i've Enjoyed watching their playoff run. And uh, once the Celtics beat out the Raptors, I was kind of hoping Miami would beat out the Celtics. And uh, I, obviously LeBron's LeBron, but I'd like to see Jimmy Buckets continue to go. Maybe Tyler Hero, his girlfriend, uh, as everyone saw, is looking pretty good and she'll be with him throughout the way. So maybe that'll uh, give a spark to the team.
1: Yeah, Tyler Hero is only 20. So if they do win, I saw a meme of uh, Mr. Hero drinking Gatorade outside the locker room instead of popping champagne with the boys and getting smashed.
0: (laughs) Well, we got the Miami Heat hoping to be popping some champagne here soon. We and Sasky should be thinking the same thing. What a September it was for golf weather in the province, and the start of October looks just as nice. Why not celebrate these perfect fall golf conditions with some new gear from Player? Maybe a pullover or even a toque action for those early morning rounds. I know I'll be thinking about that before I tee off at Greenbrier on Sunday morning. And hey, with the Prairie 20 promo code on top of your player order, you'd be silly not to treat yourself. That's right. Head to playergolf.com, Use the Prairie 20 promo code at checkout for 20% off your order today. And with that, we'll send
3: it over to Lane, which as always is presented to you by PlayerGolf. Welcome to
0: the
3: Prairie Perspective podcast, none other than Lane Hrishka. A native of Warman, Saskatchewan, who recently just got drafted. Former member of the SAS SWAT to uh, the Georgia Swarm at 13th overall. The number one goalie in the draft. Lane, I appreciate you taking the time and coming on with us tonight. Hey, No problem, boys. Thanks for having me. No worries. You've seen some guys prior to, like some uh, teammates you've had on before with uh, Gould and Berge getting drafted to uh, the big leagues. What's it kind of mean to follow in their footsteps and uh, go a little higher than both those guys? i mean it's uh it's obviously a pretty surreal feeling
5: just uh just making the dreams come true and making it to the pro ranks i mean i mean if anything uh i just have a little bit more bragging rights that i can bug gouldy and Bergie about just getting taken a little higher than them give them a little a little jab at that here and there if they're starting to act up but i mean
3: Yeah, overall, it's just a surreal surreal feeling. What was it like draft day? Like, uh, was your phone blowing up, GMs reaching out to you, or what was that kind of whole experience like for you? No, so most
5: of the GMs uh, were interviewing uh, probably about a week and a half before. And then draft day, it was like the entire day up until the draft started. It was just people blowing up my phone, just uh, wishing me good luck and everything like that. And then I can't even describe... I don't even think blowing up is the right thing to say what happened uh, with my phone. Once I got drafted, like, I think, I think the thing fully exploded. Like (laughs) I, I'm, I'm honestly still recovering from some text messages that people have sent me from draft night. Like I just wasn't able to get, keep up to it,
2: but yeah, phone was just blowing up. What's it kind of been like you're uh, now the second highest pick ever from Saskatchewan. Um, Casey Zapp was picked 7th uh, overall by the Buffalo Bannets in 1997, so quite a while ago. So what's it like having your name um, in the top five of being picked in Saskatchewan in the draft? I mean,
5: it's it's definitely a
2: really cool feeling. I mean,
5: uh, I've worked so hard to get to where I am today. and I mean, it just kind of uh, it was just kind of a token to show that
3: all the hard work I put in really paid off. You mentioned your work ethic there. I saw an interview you did with uh, CT, CTV here, and you, uh, you had a quote from there saying uh, your work ethic wouldn't be different regardless of you the first pick or the last pick in the draft. So with that being said here, what's your kind of off-season been like? I know you mentioned uh, moving back to Ontario here. Yeah, so
5: I just recently moved back to Ontario. Just uh, feel like I got a few more uh, opportunities to keep the gear on over here compared to, to back home. So I decided to make the move out here, and then uh, – I've just been uh, putting a lot of time in the gym, just keeping my mind and my body right for whenever the call comes. And then whenever I can, strapping on the pads with either a few of the buddies or some guys that uh, that I know around the area here and uh, just getting some rubber thrown at me.
2: I know Georgia has two uh, veteran tendies. Have they talked to you at all about whether or not you'll be up with the team for the start? Or have they talked about maybe a potential move with one of their goalies already?
5: Uh, not so much that, like, the the only thing I've really heard so far from both of them is um, just a congratulation text on draft night there. Um, I'm actually sitting down with the starter, Mike Poulin, on Thursday for lunch just to talk about things and whatnot, but um, no, if, if I had to presume anything, I'd probably start off as a third-string goalie just to get used to the pace of the pro game and everything like that, and then um, just start to work my way up and hopefully get to the starting position sometime
3: early in my career, and then just keep the ball rolling from there. For some who don't really watch the cross as much, I know you mentioned potentially probably starting off as a third string goalie and you're waking, working your way up to the big leagues there and starting one day. Um, so how's that kind of work? Are you with the team as a third goalie, or are you back home uh, playing with uh, the Whitney Steelhawks? So it, it depends on the weekend, really. So a couple
5: of my buddies are in the same situation that they're a third string goalie with organizations right now. So it's, you're, you technically are with the team, you sign a contract and everything, but you put on a practice roster, kind of like NHL, NBA, they all have like practice roster PR guys. So I'd be one of those guys to start off with. So I wouldn't necessarily play or come down to Atlanta every weekend, but like whenever they want me to come down or, say like we're going back to sask i'm assuming they uh, put me on a plane and come join the team for that weekend
0: lane i kind of want to ask about uh what the maybe the rush mean to you but i know you went to georgia but as we know lacrosse in saskatchewan has really taken off since we got a team here in saskatoon uh what have you kind of noticed about the game since the rush moved to the bridge city
5: yeah, I mean, the Rush The rush has done uh, an incredible job of growing the game in Saskatchewan. I mean, they've done a great job at advertising and uh, just blowing up the game of lacrosse within Saskatoon and Saskatchewan as a whole. So, I mean, just that part uh, has kind of helped put Saskatchewan lacrosse sort of on the map there. And uh,
0: What was your experience like on draft night? I know, I know I've seen some pictures, some videos. You had your whole family out there in Warman. What was that kind of like to share that experience with them?
5: Yeah, I mean, it was pretty special. I mean, um, it was it was kind of weird. I was actually in my own sort of bubble. I had to be on a kind of a green room Zoom party with all the other like top 25 prospects. So I was on my own Zoom call watching the draft with my computer on one of the tables. And then everyone else was gathering around, having a couple of cold ones and just uh, enjoying
3: the night. I know uh, you started off playing with the SWAT here. Uh, maybe uh, you got any good stories of playing uh, with two of my good buddies, Mitch or Brett? I know there are a couple of characters.
5: Oh, Jesus. I got to think
3: here. The only one that really
5: comes to mind is uh, Mitch One, I forget when it was with uh, within the two years, but he came to one of our practices after getting uh, – both of his wisdom teeth pulled out like a couple of days before. I remember that, and, and they both got dry sockets, and he just looked like he, both of his cheeks puffed as shit, and um, yeah, looks like he's got a, a chipmunk with his mouth full of stuff. So I mean, just uh, he kind of got the nickname Stink from then on there. So I don't know where that came up, but from then on there, we started calling him Stink and. Yeah, that was
3: probably the most memorable between the two. I remember the fucking day he got those things out. He was, I he tried to talk to me or what I called me or something, you know, and you're all drugged up and it just you couldn't even hear him. It was just fucking like he had nuts in his mouth. Like you said like you yeah. yeah. probably Oh trust, trust me, it looked like he had nuts in his mouth it too was brutal. a couple days later. And it lasted probably three weeks, I wanna say, or maybe even a month. But he looked I remember we hit the bar scene a few times with uh his fucking, he looked like a golf ball, like a couple of golf balls in his cheeks. And he, I don't know why the fuck he <laughs> said golf, you know, but it was fucking hilarious. Oh, I know. It was funny as shit to, for him to walk into the
5: arena, even for like a weekend of games. I think he missed a weekend or two just because his face still looked like he had two baseballs shoved in between his fucking cheeks. So, I mean,
3: guy's a character. Hey, were you part of the infamous team uh, with Darcy Limo? I know Mitch has told me some Darcy Limo stories and even plugged the boys to a <laughs> rush game. You know, I never got to
5: hop in the Darcy Limo. I uh that world juniors team, so we won that year. But I had to go home and pack up another suitcase and drive to Calgary that morning to play for the Minto Cup with the Calgary Mounties. So I wasn't able to join the Darcy Limo, but holy shit, I've heard some stories from there.
3: The guy seems like an absolute beauty. I know one night Mitch and I are pretty loaded and he uh he goes. I was like, Mitch, man, how are we getting the rush game? He goes, Oh, are you just see what Darcy's doing? He probably come get us. Sure, shit, makes a up Darcy limo. Darcy's at my driveway in about 30 minutes. Jeff and his buddies, like my dad and his buddies, come along too, and we're just like, this is the sickest thing ever. This guy's like, he's got his kid in the back seat with his rush jersey on, and we're all just wasted partying. And he's like, then after he drove us to uh, Outlaws, we got there really late. And since we rolled up on the limo, I guess he like knew the bouncer or something. We just walked straight in. There's probably a line of at least fifty people. It was around the corner of the building. It's pretty sweet. Oh and- I know, that guy's that guy's fuck. Words can't even describe Darcy.
5: I mean, <laughs> like the the funniest thing was for World Jays back in twenty eighteen in Saskatoon, he uh he's driving around a school bus. We uh we drove to games in a big old yellow school bus and the, the thing I remember the most, he'd always plant his big, big old speaker, kids and a dog in the first seat behind him. He's just tearing down going to SaskTel Center. As soon as we turn into SaskTel Center, all of a sudden, Burn It to the Ground by Nickelback goes, and I shit you not, he blew the sound system in his fucking bus, playing <laughs> Burn It to the Ground every day for the boys.
2: Hell of a song. Hell of a song he's
5: right.
0: And I want to ask uh, Eric was convinced by the coaching staff here in uh, Saskatoon Field Across, if he went between the pipes, he'd uh, get an iPad. I'm curious, were you ever uh, lured into the crease or was it always kind of something you were interested in?
5: No. So what happened was I was playing in Regina originally and uh, I started off as a player. And then my second year Pee Wee went around. uh, Same old, I started off as a player and then all of a sudden something happened behind the scenes or whatnot and our goalie was scared of the ball, scared to shit, and he actually quit the team. And, I mean, no one else was had the balls to drop, uh, jump in the pipe, so I was like, screw it, like, give me the gear. And then uh, we got a couple wins underneath our belt after that, and then, yeah, the coach walked up to my dad, and he's like, I hope you knows as long as I'm coaching your son, he's never going to play a game of player again. My dad <laughs> didn't like that too, too much, but,
3: I mean, I think I think he's uh I think he's good with it now. A good thing you didn't play field, uh, those bastards kinda rolled me off of an iPad. I got uh I played like two years of field or three years and then uh, I was good buddies with Kyle Newton and he played he was a goalie back in the day and he's like, Yo man, I think you could come play goalie with us. Like you're not bad when you like got forced into playing. So I was like, Okay, like sure, like why not? He goes, Yeah dude, they'll give you an iPad if you play <laughs> didn't get an ipad i honestly
0: awesome. even
5: even if an ipad was on the line i'd never step into a field crease honestly
3: no that was the worst decision maybe of my entire life it was awful honestly <laughs> one 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 shot to the bear and i'd be done no fuck mm-hmm. that i had maddie j lighten my shins up <laughs> lane i gotta ask i know uh for field guys like brett and mitch there they can go down to the states and uh Get their fix of uh, NCAA, but for an like a, a goalie like you, like what do most guys do? Is it is it usually all?
5: Uh, yeah, it really depends on the goalie. I mean, I uh, being being just a box player, I have no opportunity to go out to go to the states and play NCAA or anything like that because that's all field. But I mean, me personally, I just just dis- uh, I've been thinking of just going and seeing what other. Other leagues and uh, other provinces had to offer lacrosse wise. So the uh, the ALL opportunity was kind of a no brainer for me and uh, decided to go down to the combine just to see what it was like and whatnot. Ended up getting drafted by Whitby and luckily I actually had family in the area so I was able to move down there fully and uh, go play the season. And uh, yeah, the ALL definitely took my game to the next level and uh, was definitely, definitely a. Uh, part in my uh my success to get to where i am
2: right now i just wanted to ask you like have you heard anything about the status for the upcoming nll season or do you know anything about that no i haven't heard
5: anything um i think the most i've heard is that like they uh they won't start at their original start date which is usually around late december but uh I've heard rumors that they might get to a point where they might just put their foot down and uh, start it. I'm not sure if that would be in, like, a bubble format or whatnot. But, uh, yeah, that's the most I've heard, is that they they possibly could put the foot down and start it up at uh, lower lower
3: capacity limits and uh, just stay within the regulations. You mentioned uh, playing with uh, Calgary's team, Junior A, there. Was that Torin Ecclestein on that team by chance? Yes, he was. That guy's a that guy. Guy. He's a quality guy, that's for
5: sure. I mean, definitely a character as well. I I feel like everyone that's playing on that Lenore Ryan team right now is that I know are all characters. So I mean,
3: yeah, Tor Tor's definitely a good guy, that's for sure. I uh, went down there last year to visit those guys and Mitch and Brett. He was probably the, he was the first. Actually, he came to the airport to pick me up with Brett. So I spent oh, a really? uh, good chunk of time with that guy. Guy's an absolute character.
5: Oh yeah,
0: beauty. Well, Lane Thanks for taking the time, man. Once again, congratulations and all the best going forward here. I know the boys will be watching. And, uh, yeah, hopefully the league will start up and you can get your chance to make a name for yourself here sooner rather than later.
5: Yeah, thanks, boys. Thanks for uh, thanks for bringing me on. I really appreciate it.
0: Once again, big thanks to Lane for taking the time for us. And uh, before we wrap up here, Bala, I know you want to talk a bit of UFC.
1: Yeah, man. Rick and Jan. A of it. Bringing the title back to Poland.
3: Yes, sir.
0: Big
1: upset. If anybody was, he was uh, betting with the spread on that one, and they bet the underdog. Good for them.
3: Big time upset, Probably. hey?
1: Yeah, made some money there. But at the same time, he's number three rank, and the other guy was number one rank. So it wasn't that, statistically speaking, wasn't an upset. But He made guy, quick
3: work of him, though. Second round, right, right top of the second round, just laid the hammer down couple shots, put him down, and uh, that's all she wrote. It was a hell of a a finish from uh, Jan.
1: Yeah, exactly, man. And then uh, Polo Costa, Israel Adesanya, guy made light work, man. He truly showed that that guy is probably one of the best, uh, no, is the best uh, middleweight in the world, probably one of the best fighters in the world. That guy just picked him apart the whole fight. He didn't even get touched, man. It's kind of pathetic, not going to (laughs) lie. I just kept They're watching his
3: uh, his left leg the entire late time. Costa's uh, lead leg was just purple. You could see Adesanya was just taking advantage of that, and by uh, later in the round, when finally Adesanya finished him off, his leg was shot. He wasn't moving too nice, and he just broke him down just like that. Yeah, showing
1: he's one of the best in the world. Yeah, man. He after the fight, he said something like, "Yeah, I never got hit in the face once," which he didn't. He nope. didn't get touched. It's pathetic, because that's what po- Costa's known to do. He's a Known to come in at Hard. guys and just throw haymakers. Didn't even throw a punch once. He couldn't, man. He was just too damn slow, and that guy's too damn fast. But, no, it was a clinic, man. It was kind of like a Patty Mahomes putting on a clinic. It was just a really good, good, one of the best in the game, putting on a clinic, man. Exactly. Did you catch uh, the Canadian? Mean, Hakeem. Dude, that guy looked like an idiot walking into the octagon, man. He was, <laughs> you see his face, man? He was just pissed the whole time. Don't matter. He got her done. That's all that matters. Bringing that title
3: back on the Calgary.
1: Yeah, that's actually sick, man. That he he was on the main event too. Like he wasn't in the prelims. He was on the main uh, yeah,
3: main main
1: main car, too. That was sick. No, it's good to see some Canadians coming up. Our guy Tanner Bowser. You got this yeah. guy. You got uh, that chick who fought Nunes for the belt. Who's also Canadian. So at yeah, least you got. She got whooped. Yeah, she got whooped, but at least she fought for the belt, man. that's yeah, all that matters.
3: And, I mean, Amanda Nunez, maybe the best, to, one of the best to ever do it.
1: Yeah, exactly. Potentially so, the best. Exactly, man. So, nah, man, it's good to see at least Canadians coming up in that sport, too. You know? Yeah, I don't know if anybody be, yeah, that's the bottom line, right? That's the bottom line. <laughs> I don't know if anybody will be, uh, like, GSP. I don't think we're ever going to get one of those. No. You never know, though. Maybe this Hakeem guy. That's, this Hakeem uh,
3: guy. guy's got real potential. He's uh, He's a stud dude I'm, he's uh, built like a running back on his man. train that's for sure yeah he's a stud i want to hit i want to dm him for the pod. actually see what he says but
1: uh actually yeah big, man i'm gonna actually hit that guy up too man i don't think he has many followers either but he's getting big so we gotta hit him like
3: yeah he's cocky too yeah. So like an energy oh, he's he's so like, cocky look man. at me
1: now look at all this gold on my body i think i'm doing okay <laughs> yeah the guy the guy walked in there angry as hell too he's just yeah i don't know he had a cool class. story
3: though i uh watched the documentary on him basically he started up he was like um uh, like growing up as a kid he got into a lot of trouble so he ended up going to prison and, like and um so he had to go to these like classes like anger management classes and stuff like that and basically his parole officers like allowed him to use boxing as a way to like deal with his anger and anger management so yeah that's where he picked it up and uh, the rest is history a so, pretty cool story
1: yeah, that's sick, man. No, hopefully he starts fighting guys in the top 15 and then makes his way up and hopefully fights for a title one day, man. I don't know, it'd just be cool to see somebody that's Canadian with the belt.
2: Exactly. I just read that uh, Matthew Joseph, he's a forward on Tampa Bay. He set bubble the entire process and never got into the lineup one.
3: At the end of the day, they don't ask how, they ask how many, and now he's a champion. It's the bottom line.
0: Well, guys, I think we'll wrap it up there for today. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. As always, we'll have another episode dropping next week. Until then.